everybody. It's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. Hello and welcome to LOI Central. As you can hear, we're back in studio with a beautiful, beautiful voice of Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. <laughs> describe your own voice as beautiful. It's a beautiful. Everything sounds beautiful on these lovely mics in all of our marketing. As ever, we're in association with Future Ticketing, Collar and Cuff, and the Porterhouse Brewery. And what a show we've lined up today. We only have half of the remaining FAI Cup um, participants represented in the shape of Tommy Barrett, who in his second uh, season at Treaty has gotten them likely to the playoffs, but almost more importantly to an FAI Cup semi-final. Simple enough task, just have to go to Derry and win. We're also going to be visited in studio by Sean Boyd, who got two goals Saturday and celebrated, not by getting booked, but by getting a new contract at Chels. Sunday, uh, Sunday, Johnny. Sunday. Bows and the, the people are trying to forget yeah, that, that game happened already. It did happen. We'll, 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 we'll have to discuss a bit of Bows and of course the boy Luke. Probably the first the boy uh, moniker we had was the boy Luke Byrne who was part of that mad victory which leaves Bowes basically playing out the season and with a lot of reflection and we will have the return of the quiz later on as well Dan has come up with a good question Dan you're back I'm back we're back we're all back just uh, yeah we were in different parts of the different parts of the world you know watching games on our phones watching games on our phones yeah um, a lot has happened. Just to be just to be clear, this is the first time I've seen you in two weeks that you haven't been wearing uh, <laughs> a, a, some apparel from the live show. Uh, I'm just going to check underneath the desk. You're not wearing your like uh, I mean like that blazer that you wore at the live show. I think you wore it on uh, like Saturday, Sunday. You wore it to London on Monday. You brought it to Greece. I mean, I can't imagine. I didn't wear it in Greece. Actually, it was too warm. Well, I would have thought so. So you've ordered the, the shirt. I have I have three blazers that aren't part of a suit tire attire right They're, and that's the newest one so I'm giving it a good so I gave it a, I wore it twice this weekend I was at the dogs collar and cuff being promoted on Virgin Media TV and uh, wore it on off the ball Saturday as well it's just a lovely you know, blazer. It, it is one of these things you know you get new clothes and then there's a tendency like you like this you like a particular garment and then you just like overwear it like you you could end the shops so and you're like oh, let's put on this. I just have this image flip flops. I just I just image of like some neighbour of yours going that oh, there's that eccentric fella that's always wearing the blazer because like you know it's like it's like a generational thing. It's like there's a, there's people of a certain generation who always wear a suit. Like I mean yeah. my dad my dad would often still wear yeah. a suit now. It's just that's what he does. Like you know no particular reason but wear a suit. I feel like for men of a certain age, shall we say, pushing forty. You know, felt it on Astro. Made my return in Astro last uh, night. That's, that's irrelevant. Pu- pushing, it's not pu- irrelevant. Pu- pushing forty. I feel like the the sort of the blazer is their version of the suit. It's like y- mm. you want to go to something that it's not quite that formal event, but you can't quite go in your slow minute clothes. So I feel like this blazer is is becoming a big part of your life. Thanks again to Collar and Cuff for supplying that blazer. I did. I pulled off a blinder at the dogs. While I was wearing this. You know one of these oversized tops you wear on holiday when you're you might be putting on a bit of weight and it's baggy and it's like has a few buttons that you can open when in the heat, but I kind of tightened it up to make it look like an Arabic kind of a shirt and wore it inside the blazer. I have to say I thought it looked great. Yeah. I mean, they say, some people would say self praise is no praise, but yeah, that's I, all I, I have. I would declare that to be a, that's a, a no. You know, if you don't love yourself, Johnny, who will? Exactly, exactly. Um, what are we talking about? A lot Football. happened, Dan. Shamrock yeah. Rovers went out of the FAI Cup and they lost three 0 Another, another pretty hapless way defeat without scoring. What do you make of their European displays? Um, I think they got to play. I think they got to change their team for a start. I think Neil Farouja absolutely has to be in that team. They've no pace a lot of the time, and what happened in Europe. 
I've been thinking about this. When when you go back to the Milan game, um, Stephen Bradley basically told the players, from what I recall anyway, to pass the ball short from kickouts, and they 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 didn't get caught. They had moments in Europe where they got caught at the back by giving the ball away. That happens against better teams. They're not under the same pressure in the League of Ireland. The risk versus reward of what Dan Cleary did for the second goal to me is like putting half of your available money on a 50 to one shot because it doesn't make any but, sense but to me Johnny, that's if, part of their football identity it's, okay, it's like it, people in 2016 saying Brian Garland should have lumped it a couple uh, no, of times but the Brian Garland situation was if you isolate this Dan Cleary is effectively on his goal line on a high press if Shamrock Rovers beat that press they might get the ball to Jack Byrne. They're about 100 to 1 to score from there. If Dan Cleary gives up the ball, they're odds on to give but away a goal. Su- are you suddenly just a, a long ball merchant now? Like, you, I you, think you have to be a bit uh, pragmatic. Not, not, not every, like, like this whole thing, if you're 100 to 1 to score a goal, I mean, I think everyone, if, if that was the case, every match in football would finish like 18 17 or something. It's not about. What are you talking about? It, well, the, the whole point what is, is the no, risk no, first if, reward. If you beat the what, press. Of, what is it, the risk for if you beat the press? But if you beat they the don't pre- have the pace. If then. you beat the press a couple of times, then that hmm. other team will suddenly start to think, okay. Um, they're beating the press. They're actually okay. playing through us here, and they might they then temper their behavior. Like a football is a game of momentum. It's not a game of like isolated plays that happen that each one leads to a goal. Like clearly, right? It was a horrendous goal to concede. It's a daft goal to concede. But like you know, doing that and playing the ball out is part of their identity as a team. And just saying, well, because you know you, you might concede a goal if you do that wrong, you don't do it. Then that's effectively the whole. Uh, justification for like playing long ball football now the execution was bad right and like within that like when you play that way there's definitely you need everything to be on point like you need good angles from people and also I think to me it was a case of when that when that started um like when Manus started the Cleary and they were just in a b- bad setup from the start it's almost a case of at that stage looking at individuals it's a bit like that goal in Ludogorets they conceded mm. you just you need someone to almost like take, just just to like to belt it like I mean Cleary could nearly have like when he turned inside it was like oh god like you could have just knocked it out for a corner or something you know you see like you see like teams, in FIFA like, you know, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean though it's like no, it was a case of like the, you know the, the, the it's like a sort of a, a trolley on ice and it's just slipping away and slipping away and it's just, it just got worse rather than sort of cut it out at source quickly and just kill it but I think to go flip to flip too quickly from that is that well no they shouldn't be doing this generally like like that's I, not I, what I didn't I'm hear saying. you say that and after all it's like well they're 100 to 1 to score a goal from there well then what's the point in any movement in football no no Dan the point is, right, if, if, if you look at, we'll say, Gavin Bazunu and Farrell, from that moment on, give or take, Ireland sort of changed a bit their no, philosophy. No, they have it. They, they, do. They, they do, but not, not that. You'll never see that again. What, what happened with the, the Ronaldo penalty and what led up to it, that's not going to happen. They do do Not it. against top opposition. It's they, not going to happen. Sorry, they're, but Johnny, well, they're definitely they, more they pragmatic. have played... No, they, they've, just, they've just, ex, they just executed better. Like, the setup for that Bazunu-Hendrick one, the one you're referring to, people, I'm sure people remember it. it like, they... That was almost like we're in a bad position, but we're going to keep doing this. And mm. but they still, they still do to an extent. They still do the tactic, they, 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 but they've been more pragmatic. It's not my point. Is with Shamrock Rovers, right? If they beat the press, Shamrock Rovers didn't have the players in that game because they had no pace from halfway at all. And Andy Lyons, to me, has been fairly isolated. And you were playing on the left. I think they should change him. So to if, the right. they have, if they have no pace at all, then they can't be going long because they're just going to keep coming back. To uh, that was a problem as well. That was a problem as well. But in in terms so, of the, so the, the way the they're risk, playing, is probably the risk, right for the players. They the have risk then. first reward of that situation uh, you're trying to blame Cleary by saying just just go along because it's if you lose the ball here you're screwed and then ironically they nearly got out of it 
I think at times you have to be pragmatic. When you're playing against vastly superior opposition, you're not going to get away with mistakes. That's the fundamentals of it. And Shamrock Rovers, regardless of what you say, Shamrock Rovers have been very disappointed away from home in Europe. And some of the home wins were when the game was gone, basically. So I think, and, and I think they'll have some soul searching because they shouldn't be, the game shouldn't be over after, what, 25 minutes against a good but not great team. Yeah. No, 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 I, I, and Seam Bradley took, he took the, the blame for that. And I can see it's philosophy versus kind of pragmatism. And in a moment like that, then you can't give away a goal like that. No, but it's it's. But I think like sometimes you can take a moment and then that leads you to question the sort of entire philosophy. Yeah. Um, but they have I, to start playing Fruja, I think they have because they, they don't have enough pace in Europe um, without the likes of Fruja who create a goal out of nothing on Sunday. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Fruja. I saw Stephen Kenny actually speaking mm. there about how Fruja was the one player you could see him. Uh, been an international if he really got into mm, his that, group. That was, in but, that but, was an interesting But the one goal. thing I would say about Ferruja is that uh, interesting is that like he is playing a new position on the right side and I still think defensively you know he, he has to learn a little bit about that the, the previous what was the game it was the Jerry Gardens game where he came on the right side um, and you know defensively one or two times he's had difficult you know, it's difficult for the moment. That, did you see on Sunday that some of the tackles he made in midfield situations when he was in a different role with 10 men, he was unbelievable. No, no, I'm, I'm, so a, kind of a, I'm a big fan, but I think like Ronan would Finn. You flip the two, would you flip lines, for example? But that's a massive, but see, you're talking about philosophy. Like mm. the whole thing of the inverted uh, wing backs is a big part of, of how you play because yeah. it can lead you to flood numbers inside. Like, so to flip that is a big change. Then you're looking for people to go the outside and then you have a completely different On the setup. flip side, you have Andy Lyons as a right back when they're Defending, which is a lot of the time. You'd have Farouge as a left back when they're defending, which is a lot of the time. And it would give them more shape in when they're out of the ball, in my view. They're, but it's an interesting one. I would never have thought of you'd have two players playing wing back that are the other footed, like strongly the other footed. Do, do you know what, I, it, you know what it, I was thinking though? I'm thinking of with these games though, and I'm pretty slagged off for saying it, but it's not, we, we go off about comparisons, but you actually now, like yeah, people have to appreciate, I don't think people appreciate how good those Dundalk performances in 2016 were. 100%. Like, like it is the it is the benchmark by a mile still, in my opinion. One hundred percent. Like they didn't lose a game. Every game they played that year was alive going into the ninety minutes. Amazing. Like every single Amazing. one of them was alive going into the ninety minutes. They lost by more than one goal at home to Legia. Now, in fairness, right in the interest of balance, they should have got hammered in bat a away you know now they, now they beat them the following week they had a shock but, and penalty decision but, in Dublin should have been one no, no. against Leggy no, no, that was exactly yeah. they were unlucky to lose to them, but I'm just saying like you they can't you can't, like, you can't just like look at the games they lost and then say well what could happen I mean that was a, a complete lucky job they, they could have got done three or four in Bally, similar to how Rovers did in Ludogorets and and Ferenc Varus say so you can't just rewrite history but I think once they got into the groups the, you just you still think now the level of performance was exceptionally high and I think when people talk about comparisons between teams in terms you can compare them domestically and how they've performed domestically but in terms of European stuff it's two words as well though Dan Pico Lopez like he's massively he's massively missed but, but also well yeah but Pico Lopez but also he's massively missed but but in fairness Pico Lopez wouldn't necessarily be the player you'd be given the ball to in the six yard box to play exactly like <laughs> no but but Sean Hoare did start to, I mean that's one area where they've been unlucky Sean Hoare is a good passer mm. and so is Cleary um, no Cleary is a good passer mm. too Um but like I think Cleary's coming to the club having had like a, he's not you know, his season was only starting in Scotland and I think he's probably played more than they might have wanted, you know, in in, in, in a short, in a short space, space, of space of time. 
Um, like, one like, point from two like, games like they played, not the end of the world. No, they played hard there against Shire Gardens and, and, and started like started quite well and, and you know, they, they had a sort of a half decent look to them and, and then that changed. But um yeah, there's other stories from the weekend, as you've mentioned. I mean Dundalk have lost again. You mentioned them in Waterford. Uh, or is it a Waterford one again? No, I think when the Premier Division loses, they're still team loses, they're still the story. Because like, the cup was opening up for everyone. Um and they're probably like the docker looking at and they're going in rovers are out of the equation but they were well beaten in waterford there was no hard luck story there i think waterford were very good in fact i mean i haven't probably seen too much of waterford i mean i watched one on the stream the good thing about watching that game on the stream of course you got to see everton twice um because they just they would pause and repeat it was that bad, yeah. it was awful mm. but um and the commentary for that i don't know if that was i don't know if that um, I put it out on Twitter to see and loads of people were having the same experience. I've had one or two people say to Including me, Georgie Kelly. I, yeah, I've had one or two people say to me since their experience but it was fine. So I don't know, is it, a, is it a casting issue? And a lot of people might be casting through their TV. I cast a Galway United game Friday and it was perfect and somebody was yeah. on giving out loads about it. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the technology. But is this the it was toughest? A, it was. A, it was, a, it was a, for seven euro. It's like yeah. I, 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 yeah. Is this the toughest? Like Stephen O'Donnell obviously went through a tough time with the whole Pat's debacle at the end of last season this has to be the toughest time of his career in terms of the wobble that they're on I, I said this now well, Pat, yeah. Pat's been only relegated in his first season you yeah. know, that was that was that was tough I'd say but um, it was there was it was closed doors and it probably wasn't as I don't know as you said in the league it's fine another thing to talk about Pico Lopez what's Dundalk's record since Conley left and what's Derry's record since he joined off the top of my head I think he's been massively important for both yeah no Conley a big lot I mean Huben's injury as well mm. though too I mean Huben they've gone off a cliff since Huben's been injured too he made um, loads of changes Friday I think they went did they go three at the they back they went to a three at the back but I mean Gartland came in and hadn't been playing but I, I don't you know it just looked like a team that you wouldn't take them to win any game at the moment now mm. The only thing I would say is that there was a time earlier in the season where they had a bad run and they had this international break and they had like two weeks to sort of, you know, a bit of time to sort mm. it out and it propelled them on a half decent run. And I, I sort of think that maybe they, they need this little bit of a breather now. I think they have four of the last six games at home. It's easier for them at home. Um, with the the way they play. It's just because it's such a bad surface. It's harder for teams to... to uh, like teams who have pace up front and can really move it, I think they Dundalk at home they can just recover better. You know they can just recover better and they're they're not as open at home for whatever reason. And I think the surface probably does play into that. It's hard for a team to cut them open as as easily if they've got sort of good free flowing attackers. Um, so I still think they've got a half a chance of regrouping and and oh, totally. and finishing in the top for, three. For, fourth will probably still do. Jerry will probably win the cup. You would expect. Well, yeah, you would. But I had a I mean, substantial bet on them yesterday. Hopefully. Uh, Okay. That goes. I, it, I think I think responsibly, please everyone. I, I think the bookmakers didn't actually see the draw because there were still odds against, which is crazy. Like obviously they're bet hot, responsibly, everyone. Bet responsibly, um, yeah, bet responsibly. Do back dairy. Did you did you back in the game in Galway and Cork last I Friday? I Cork draw no bet. It was a dead rubber for us, and uh, yeah, the form we were in. What like we? It's so frustrating. That's awfully ironic, isn't I, it? I, ne I never do. It was a dead rubber for us. It didn't matter. Like we literally no chance to win the league. But no, I think John Caulfield was going to approach a game against Cork like it didn't matter. <laughs> no, and he certainly didn't. He was doing the diving kind of a gesture as uh, I think it was Healy when he went over near the the, the place went mad the second half fair bit of crowd trouble not good at all actually um, not, not some complaints about 
stewards and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like in fairness, I don't in fairness to Galway United, the, the Cork City fans have been problematic on both visits to Galway this year. Not absolving the kids who probably misbehave from the Galway United side afterwards. The Cork City fans, some of them and I think Cork City themselves have maybe looked at this that, that it, it's not, uh, they're, they're not behaving. It's a long trip to Galway. Some of them are probably gargled, whatever. They got a bit excited when they went 1 0 up. Here is me with the draw, no bet. I almost never back against Galway United, like practically never. But in this game, it was effectively a dead rubber. I backed draw, no bet Cork because I thought it was value. And of course, Galway United produced performance, having failed to beat. Wexford at home, having failed to beat Cove away, having lost to Bray at home in recent games. Uh, if, if if these results have been better going, I would, would, in theory, be winning the league now. We'll see how they get on going into Europe. But Cork's um, celebrations on hold, the bigger storylines probably, obviously, were in the Cup. Um, we'll yeah, tr- we'll but talk but about the Shells game and on. Yeah, and we'll talk about Treaty with Tommy as well, to but be we, fair. But, but Derry City, Shamrock Rovers, um, this was the biggest talking point for me of the weekend. Um, I don't want to go on about betting or whatever, but Derry City were hot favourites for this game. Uh, hot favourites because, maybe because Shamrock Rovers are coming off the... It's 100% because Shamrock Rovers are coming off Europe. But, but... 100%. But at the same time, Stephen Bradley didn't make an excuse that they have a strong squad. And but no, but that's why the betting was the way it was. Uh, it was. Are you telling me the betting would have been the same if Rovers hadn't played in the Thursday? Derry would have been favourites, not as strong. I don't agree. The professional money at the moment is that Derry City are a very good side because uh, they were hammered in the betting. Um, And in the first half, it was thoroughly justified. They were by far the better team, 11 v 11. By far the better team. Now, Shamrock Rovers are slow to get going, and I was saying to the lads... It's because, I mean, I'm sorry, but this is is the point about Rovers. It's hard to be in Europe on Thursday and Sunday. It is. It's really hard. It is. Especially at the levels Derry are playing at. Yeah. The midfield five of Derry City, um, which is Domigan, Patching, McElhinney, Duffy and Diallo, that is a serious, seriously strong midfield. And it was the first time I'd seen Derry in a bit of a while... Their back four is really strong. Who was the right side of the, of the midfield? Um, well, I was actually trying to figure this out because I was kind of half watching on the TV, but they had four Duffy, and I guess they kind of, I guess they rotated a bit on the right. Like Because I was trying to think of this after. I didn't watch the replay of the game, but they had a 4-5-1 effective McGonagall up front. But they obviously kind of rotated a bit on the right, and I, I actually couldn't really remember who was playing the right wing afterwards. Um, so anyway, there was it was a hell of a performance. They have a good goalkeeper who probably wouldn't be that happy for the goal. Connolly is very good at the back. And uh, I thought that was, uh, in in a view to next season, there's no way Shamrock Rovers are running away with the league if Derry City can build on this with Duffy back and keep McElhinney fit. I thought McElhinney in the central role was outstanding. Diallo to me looks like a, I don't know, a somewhat unique player in the League of Ireland. He's, I thought he'd be really flashy. I hadn't seen him play before. He's just very strong. And phys- oh, yeah, no, I've seen him play a few Derry, times. Physically, yeah. Derry are strong. Like, there's, a, there's a physical edge to the team. Rovers were bullied at times in the game, I thought. Um, sending off was very harsh. But I thought Rovers would lift in the second half, 11 v 11. 10 v 11 left them with a mountain to climb. Brilliant forms with Derry City. And we'll talk to Tommy, but, I mean, it's... Derry City are likely going to make the final. Yeah, it's just a shame yeah, Treaty didn't get the home draw. Oh, Tommy, before that, though, we need to go to the mailbag. Hey, what's the time? It's mailbag time. A big bag of electronic letters. Mailbag time, Dan. And it's been a long, long time for people to get involved in the mailbag. They're itching to get going. No, we had a live mailbag. We did. <clears throat> we have to stop talking about that show. I mean, I suppose if we stop wearing the clothes, we can. Um, 
Joseph Lennon can Waterford win the cup to get the ultimate revenge on Pats I mean this would be going back to a couple of years with the, oh, the, yeah. the, the European place that is a good one uh, I hadn't thought of that but that is that is true I mean that's I tell you what presuming, if, if every chance beaten Shell presuming, presuming Pats finish fourth um, which is still the knock on Pats is going to be a big game in, in a couple of weeks time at Oriel um, Jack uh, Bowes fan I reckon it'd be worth the money to terminate all of the Bowes players contracts bar five or six I mean I, I presume that video did you see that video of the, the someone some Bowes fans recorded them um, recorded the Bowes fans abusing the Bowes players and um, just like sort of uh, I don't know um, F off and and other profanities. Um, mm. Jordan Flowers went over and started trying to speak to them, to reason, to reason with them. Um, I think Ethan Varian as well. James Talbot was there. He came over, but it was uh, God. It was an angry place. It was an angry place. They were held up God. outside. As a lot well, of people left. So even the the, the shells announcer would the remaining Bose fans hang on at the end of the game. The remaining oh. away supporters on a scale so. of no, on a scale of absolutely awful to ten. What were Bose? Oh, I'd say they were one, one. or two, one or two. Wow. And you know. I think like football commentary and football discussion by its nature is very reactive. Like everyone mm. is really good or really bad. There's very rarely an in between. Yet you know sometimes a team loses. Like oh they were dreadful and you know maybe they weren't th- that mm. dreadful. Um, but they but, were. but in this case they were. Mm. Yeah, it was, and it was abject um, from start to finish. And um, I think you know I, I think Derek Pander had some family stuff to begin. So I I be very conscious of of that. Um, you know, and and but 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 what I would say is that like you you'll have to bounce after you know you, you beat Shamrock Rovers and you'll have a bounce and that'll sort of lift things. But generally, and you've seen it with teams in recent seasons, and I think Pander said it afterwards, the performance reflected the season. Do you know what I mean? You can get away with it for a game and you can rise it for a game, but the performance and and to be fair, what that shows is I think I think they're just going to have to bring in a manager and bring in something like they're going to have to bring in someone. And just give them the the reins to the place, and I think this idea of continuity, I'd imagine that's probably not not I, something I, that's viable I, now. I think the biggest loss for them, looking at it, is Keith Buckley, right? And even if you look at Dundalk now, and you look at Connolly, his presence on the pitch, I think Dundalk are missing that presence, and the the leaders like Huben as well, when they're not there, like Bowes would like Bowes would never produce forms like that with Buckley in the team. Surely the, not. The first thing the new manager gets to do is. Bring back Get on the plane To Australia Bowes probably wouldn't Bring back his bike Wouldn't like to climb At the carbon footprint Of that trip obviously Well they bring out A New Jersey uh, every two days Yeah well there you go Yeah but they um, fly to Fly to Australia And, and convince Buckley To come back Yeah Cotsy Bowes players Disgraced to the shirt Sickening performance And now burdened With awful recruitment I mean it is typical They're out of contract Every other year And now they're stuck With low lads Under contract They don't want Did feature in the business Post uh, Sunday Because of their Financial returns Yeah which are, which are good F1 GOF Was Lee Grace's Red card justified We haven't talked about that I thought that was A covering player I don't think it was Red, I, I um, thought it was very harsh, and yeah. but strangely enough, uh, I think you know if it's a deliberate action, though I think they, they say it's a red card. But I spoke I, to I a referee who was like, "Yeah, it's a it's a penalty. Probably wouldn't give a red." But if you look at the second half, very interesting moment in the game. Interesting. Andy Lyons does something fairly similar, and uh, it's not given as a free because I think Rob Hennessy's like, "I can't. I actually can't do this game." It was very very similar. A very similar tackle. No free. So. Two wrongs kind of made yeah, two wrongs I, here. I, I don't know if Rovers were, were labouring that afterwards. It wasn't at the game in terms of analysis. I, I can understand their grief, but to be fair, the it. fact that they were, they were the second best 11 v 11, uh, you know, they can't probably hone in on it too much. They actually probably, I thought there was something impressive about how he rallied for a while with 10. Fergal, should the Cup semis be on neutral grounds? Also was a mismatch semi-best product for TV, e.g. Dundalk Athlone. 
nothing would be like Dundalk at Lone to no, be fair no, that at Lone team was a complete fluke because they, they managed to beat that Shell side which were a complete rabble Missing but, like, players. but like that at Lone <laughs> team I mean there won't be anything like that in the semi-finals should they have been semi-neutral grounds no I, I, uh, I don't think so no either, like I mean honest, yeah. can you imagine bringing Derry and neutral Derry and Treaty and so they go and play in no you'd have a terrible crowd um and um, someone else put in a question I don't have it here but would you be worried about the FA Cup final attendance that's, a, that's an intriguing yeah, one yeah the FBI have set this target of selling out the FBI Cup final mm. by 2025 now I think this is a tough it's going to be a tough combination for them um, compared to last year where you had this like perfect Bose Pats combination Pats valued the community Bose like it's in Dublin you got to schools handing out tickets if you've no Dublin club in it which obviously depends on shells then you, you have the traditional Waterford Derry will bring a certain amount you know if it was them um, if I were to sell it or, to or treaty or treaty mm. you know no but so, treaty haven't been getting great crowds no no but still but a bit of a question mark but like regional Irish you know town cities are like G, they have a GEA thing bring the big crown they, on the they, they, they will like they'll, they, they'll bring sandwiches. they'll bring their 7 or 8 or 9 or 10 or something right oh. but they, it's it's filling it it's filling the other spots. So, I would say uh, it's a marketing a, challenge from whatever combination. If it's it Shell, Shell's been an interesting one. What's Shell's core support? Um, you know, it used to be criticised back in the day. It's it's in a better place now. What could Shell's bring if Shell's get there? I don't know. I think Derry City. This will be a massive day out for them. Um, remember the days when they used to bring like fifteen thousand to Galway for a league game and stuff like that. And the other thing, if you're a Dublin-based League of Ireland fan, as I am, and never sees my team in any final or do anything, you'll get to see Derry City playing in Lansdowne Road, probably. Um, and that, that'll be a very good standard of game, I think. Whoever is in the final, I'm very confident it'll be a good game. It's, yeah, it's hard, yeah, I mean, it's still hard to sell the Derry football. That's a niche League of Ireland market you're looking at there in terms of shells it's our day in though terms of shells, it's our no day. no I know like, I think you'll have a lot of neutrals like league fans will go um, the shells thing I think it's underestimated I think the Pats crowds this year have been very good and I think what's been underestimated is that I think the final they managed to use the final last year to tap back in 100% to dormant people now I now live in shells territory like I wasn't working the other day I just strolled down the road to watch the match strolled up the road after to a local hostelry to have a couple of, couple of uh, beverages and there was a bloke there who was chatting away to us I met uh, our, our, our pal Roy O'Connor and a couple of angry Bose fans. A lot of Bose fans actually in the pub cheering the Derry goal. Um, but that's what they're they, reduced they, to. That's what they were reduced to. But um, so you could see lads seeing we were at a game. What was the game and stuff? And then he was like, "Oh yeah, no, I used to go to Shells on a Friday night, but I started working on Saturdays." And um, there's a lot of people like that who might have gone to Shells as a Friday night, you know, as a kid and, and a Friday night in the distant past who live in that area around Artane and Beaumont and Whitehall or whatever. And I mean, so what you do is similar to the past thing last year. You just go into those schools around there and hand out a lot of tickets and try and use it to, to galvanise your fan base. I think Pats did that. I mean, it wasn't just the cup final, but I think the cup final accelerated it. Um, a few other questions about... Uh, Connor McNeil talk is safe per se as a plans to up, improve, redevelop it. Um, yeah, we'll probably come to that. For someone that wants us to get Roddy Collins on because of his book, um, I want to read that book first and to see um, see the Did you read Greg book? Did you read um, it all? You read some of it before he came on? Who? Did you read Gar Brian Gartland's book? I read all Brian Gartland's book, okay. yeah. That's what you do before someone comes on. You know, you read the book. I didn't have time. Yeah, yeah no, I know that. That's um, why I brought it up. Um... 
Yeah, so we have ah, listen, we've, we've a lot of other mail. We can't always get through all the mailbag comments, but then I feel bad we, we missed the bad one. Actually, there's a few for, for Boyd and and, uh, and Byrne, which we will throw to them. Um, who's more likely to finish third, Pats or Dundalk? I think it will probably come back to that Dundalk Pats game in Oriel. I think That'll be feisty, Dan. But um, yeah, let's go to Tommy Barrett. Tommy Barrett, your reward for this unbelievable cup run is a trip to the Brandywell. Welcome to the show. Tom Johnny, yeah, thanks. <laughs> what were you thinking? Like, were you, were you coming down off the high? Obviously, uh, you probably watched the game on Sunday and then the draw was made. Uh, or was it like, no, we have a free hit here? Yeah, look, I think you have to take it like that, don't you? You know, it's it's obviously a long journey for, for ourselves and the fans and that. And it's probably something we're not used to, uh, particularly this year, you know, because the... First division isn't, you know, there's not, not many long trips or anything like that. And it's, it's a change of schedule and that. But look, it is what it is. We we have to get on with it and we have to, um, you know, we're just delighted to be to be in a semi-final and we're going to have to go and give it a go, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I understand, Tommy, you're in the, the manager's mindset, so you can sort of start, you know, assessing draws and, and, and in, a, in, a, in a negative way or something. But I suppose there is something slightly frustrating about it that, like, the, the, the semi-final is such a great opportunity to, like, put the club on the map even more and having that game at home would have had incredible sort of promotional potential but I'm just wondering as a, as a club like is there still a way you can harness this positively you know to, that you've reached the semi-finals in terms of trying to build it build it up in some way I, mean, I know getting people to travel and stuff you know you'll have a core that will, will, will love to do that but can you can you do stuff around it or, or how do you sort of capitalize on it? Well, I think I think Dan Forsey you're right. I think it would have been a lot better. There's no point in dressing that up if we had a home tie, you know, um, against any of the teams. I think we, it would have been much better for us as a team and as as a club. Um, we got the toughest draw, obviously, with the Derry. I, I think that it's the toughest draw. None of the other two teams would have wanted that either. So, um, but at the same time, we have to go and I suppose. It's on TV. It's our first time on TV, on live mm. television. Um, as you said, you get the core support that will go up and we just have to put on a show. You know, we, we're going to have to do our best up there and, and, and you know, obviously not go gung-ho because you could be opened up and, you know, you could get hammered, obviously. But um, we have to have a game plan and we have to stick to that plan. And we there's times in the games where we have to choose a moment and, and have a go up there. And if all goes to plan, it might work out for us. But... Obviously, we're massive underdogs, and and hopefully, um, we have to be at our best, and they probably have to have an off day, you know. So that's what we we we've got to hope for. That's being realistic about it, like really. Yeah, sure. All you'll do is you'll probably just end up signing another five lads from Galway before the game, anyway. Yeah, sure. We had a uh, your your boys didn't want them, you know. They got the big bucks and didn't just left the lads go. The local lads, so we were glad to take them, Johnny. <laughs> oh my God, that 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 was Tommy Barris. Uh, thanks for coming on, Tommy. Actually, on the the Galway United Forum on Friday night when they were one 0 down against Cork, in the current scoring a hat trick as well against UCD. We should never have lost them. And then you have obviously uh, you've Connor Wynn in goal, uh, Connor Melody coming off the bench, Stephen Christopher ex Galway United, um, our our excellent uh, left back Mark. Ludden, am I am I leaving somebody out? I think I am actually. Could be one more. Joe Collins. Uh, Joe Collins. Joe Collins. Well. Literally half team in the current though. I mean, let's not take away from this performance. UCD probably had a bit of an off night, but UCD in recent weeks have been have gone second from bottom in the Premier. Beat Dundalk at home as well. Beat Galway United in the cup. Have been good in the league. This was a really good result for you. 
I was Johnny. It was a really good performance, you know, and, and like that. You know, we were we were at it, um, and they probably weren't on the night. Um, but certainly we take nothing away from ourselves. We were we were clinical, and you know, we got four good goals. Um, the first goal obviously was a penalty, but it was great work from Willie Armshaw before that. You know, he he went by a few lads, and, and he was taken down for the penalty. Um, the second goal was a bit of a mistake, but then they capitalised on it. And the third goal was an excellent goal. You know, it was, was thrown from Winnie actually, and and, and good play between uh, Dean George, Stephen Christopher, and to set up Willie Armshaw. But that was the fourth goal, sorry. And then you saw the third goal was a was a cracking half volley from uh, in the corner with his left left leg. So it was a great finish, you know, as well. So it's a great hat trick for him. And you know, we we could afford to take him off after sixty minutes because he had a bit of a, a knock, you know, and we we wouldn't have expected that. Um, but certainly we 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 were clinical in our finishing and we we kept them at bay. We didn't give many chances really, so we were delighted with it. Did you watch the Derry game then uh, Sunday? And were you like me, kind of uh, almost overreacting to the quality of this team in terms of? I, I mean, just their performance the first half is very very good in the League of Ireland context. I thought. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it live on the night. I watched it yesterday because it was my wife's birthday, so I, I was staying away from football. Priorities, Johnny. Priorities. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I watched it yesterday. Um, yeah, and I thought, thought that Johnny thought the first half was really, really good. Um, you know, they're obviously a, a, a very good side, a very good manager, very good backroom staff there as well. In, in Rennie's been around the block as well as experience. Um, you know, and they have they have the players that can that can do damage all over the park. You know, and they've good solid defence as well. So uh, it's going to be really difficult for us, Johnny. But we're we're going to go up there as confident as, as possible and, and see can we get something out of it, you know. How does the Astro suit you, do you think? <laughs> it's, it's difficult, you know, everyone kind of, we're, we're going to have to go back on Astro now because we have, uh, we train in uh, LIT, it's two snow, it's from the LIT, but the lights aren't um, up to standard yet, they're getting them done, they're, they're not going to be done until November, so we're going to go back out to UL and, and going to be on an Astro there. Uh, for the next number of weeks, um, so we'll be training on Astro anyway. Uh, but it doesn't look. Oh, we haven't been brilliant on AstroTurf, um, you know, in, in that loan and that this year. Um, but you know, at the same time, it's it's a different game, and it'll probably obviously suit them a bit better. But you know, again, you have to adapt to that. You can't use it as an excuse. You're just going to have to go up there and. and uh, Play, play your best and, and that's all you can do you know? is, is there any fear this this is a question that we, we mentioned is there any fear we recall the Atlanta and Dock game um, when there was a, such a golfing class and I, I'm not being funny here like if Derry turn it on against a mid-ranking first division team is there any fear you get hockeyed I would like to think not you know I, I don't think <clears throat> with all due respect I don't think we'd be as open as Atlanta probably would have been you know in, in that game they probably um, try to play uh, the the way they always play, probably, and uh, and through the thirds and stuff like that. You know, I'd, I'd imagine we're going to be a bit more compact than that. Um, but again, if you concede an early goal, you never know. So, but um, you know, hopefully that won't happen. I, I can't see it happening. Um, uh, I think we we we'll give a good account of ourselves uh, and we go up there in that mindset. You know, we're not going to go up there thinking we're going to get hammered by anyone uh, because if you go into games like that, you're in trouble. Like, look, our previous results, we we played one Premier team before in the cup with Dundalk last year, albeit they weren't on as good a run as um 
uh, as Derry, but you know, they were still a top team with top players and a lot of Derry players, uh, former Derry players, and we brought them extra time, albeit in the, in the market field in the cup. So, you know, we're we're hoping we can put in a similar performance. It's got, going to be tough, but obviously, you know, we're not thinking like that, Johnny. Yeah, we, we forgot young Tommy Lynch's son as well, actually, in the list of ex Go United greats for Treaty. But I just want to say, I think Graham Coleman's put up a tweet recently. Where he's if because we we get a bit of slagging because apparently we've a love in with Ian Ryan in this show or maybe I have and I've yeah, extolled to be clear to be clear I've then. extolled Ian Ryan who looks a lot like Dan actually <laughs> um, I've extolled their brand of football the bottom line is though Wexford um, are nine points behind Treaty in the battle uh, for uh, fifth now Treaty's still hoping to get fourth but should get fifth but but Graham Cummins was basically saying you should be in the in the in the you should be mentioned in the realms of potentially getting the Bowes job or something like that I'm not trying to reveal what you said back to me but what are your thoughts on that because you are a part-time manager I am Johnny yeah you know and I suppose I, suppose I hope you're extorted our, our type of football is we right. have to know anyway yeah. Football, yeah but anyway go United uh, B yeah. <laughs> uh, you know look I, I think from my point of view I've recently changed jobs I'm I'm uh, based in Limerick you know uh, it's really difficult in the League of Ireland you know security Johnny I have two young kids Um you know, how that the boys would want me or anyone else for that matter. Uh, but, you know, certainly being full-time in this league is a big risk. Would you um, like to do it? I would love to be a full-time manager sometime in the future. But certainly it would have to suit my family situation. Uh, you know, you'd have to uproot your family. Or you know, if you're up there six days a week, don't think I'd be away from my family six days a week. I don't think it's good for family life. And at the end of the day, that's who you have to go home to, your wife and two kids. Um, uh, it wouldn't be good for them. It wouldn't be good for me. Uh, you know, there's more to football. There's more to life than football. You have to have mm. your family life right. And if you're based in Dublin uh, or, or anywhere else, you know, you, you have to be close to your family, I believe, or you, you have to move them and uproot them for what? For a job you could be in for six months. You know, I think for, and, and the financial reward wouldn't be, certainly in the League of Ireland more that um, in my experience the, the you know we would probably make a joke about all the the various monikers of teams that have, have been in place in the likes of Cork and Limerick now is well up there and I actually find it quite sad Watford obviously have a new entity now um, you know and you, this is the sad reality of the League of Ireland clubs go bust clubs go out of business they come in under a new name more or less wearing the same jersey do you feel that this treaty project is taken off. Um, crowds necessarily haven't been great this season. And, you know, I don't want to say there's been a stench from Limerick football, but there have been a lot of bad things going on in Limerick football. Do you feel you're on the right track now? We are, but, you know, in, in many ways, it's, we, we're probably ahead of our time and it's, it's probably papering over some cracks still. And I say that with the best will in the world. Mm. You know, we haven't probably, as you said there, got the support that um, we probably deserve really the team deserves um you know four or five hundred games no, obviously UCD was a bigger crowd it was well over a thousand there it was probably fifteen hundred but if you look at Galway this year and, and Waterford um they've gotten crowds in 1900 2000 and maybe as you said Johnny that's from historical uh, uh grievances or know, from reasons yeah and it could be many different factors but we haven't got that support and we haven't got that support financially as well and we're you know we're where we probably achieved probably too much last year in, in getting to the playoffs too quickly and people expect expecting it now and expectations have risen as well. Um, and it's it's probably, you know, we're, we're ahead of our time in that way. And people think, gosh, they're grand, they're in the playoffs and, and they're, they're going well. And 
you know, po- possibly not getting the support that we probably uh, should be getting, both from a, a financial aspect and, and a crowd aspect. But look, again, that's probably a lot of factors, particularly from the, this, the getting numbers through the gates. You know, it's the have we a real uh, local identity? We probably haven't, even though, you know, we have a lot of clear lads, a lot of tip lads. You know, we only have a couple of Limerick lads. You know, we have Galway lads, obviously, as well. And we've got a couple of boys from Dublin and Kilkenny. Um, but Johnny, even a few Limerick boys as well, remember we that? absolutely do. Yeah, for now, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I look, you know, have you felt that reaction since the weekend, though, uh, Tommy? Like, you know, the, you mentioned it was a slightly bigger crowd on Friday. Has there been a a good local response to the weekend that, that shows there is something the potential still lingers there and there has Johnny oh, Danny, Dan sorry there has Dan there's been a, a great response you know there was a, a great build up all week and there was you know I'm meeting people on the street and they're like you know congratulating you and it's it's fantastic to see it um, you know and, and older lads and, and younger lads as well and, and going back to that like there was a lot of young kids there like, the other night there was, must have been 500 young uh, teenagers and young kids and they're the support we we need to get to grow that support you know because a lot of the older lads now are probably have a bit of apathy towards league of Ireland football and and mm. um limerick football as well so we have to kind of grow that and and uh, and make the young people be our supporters in the future and look we will get some of the other lads back as well and hopefully we can do that um, and there was a bit around the name as well. There was a change in name, obviously, and th- there's, there's still a bit around that. So there's, there's many factors. And then, you know, the, the financial situation in the past and, uh, the, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of factors around it. That it's hard to, to pinpoint. But what we can do is keep on growing and, and get out in the communities. And that's why it's so important that we get the, the off the field stuff right. Um, and I'm, I'm very much behind that because, you know, we haven't got our own training facilities like Limerick Senior Football is 80, uh, was there for 83 years before we came in and no training facilities up to call their own, which is, you know, um, which is, is, you know, is crazy really in, in the League of Ireland. And then we obviously don't have a stadium either, so. We're into that, so there's a there's a lot to do off the pitch as well. Yeah, Marcus Field, cracking place to watch football. Um, was the Treaty of Limerick a good thing for Ireland? You know, we should do you call it something else, the Limerick Blues or something? In any or the Limerick the Limerick Red and Whites, obviously as you are. What is it with the colour actually, the red and white? It's a nice colour, Johnny. That's our colour. <laughs> yeah. It's like we, we model ourselves in Atletico Madrid in every respect. Final <laughs> question for you though. It's written in the stars. It's Treaty versus Go United in the playoffs at this stage. Well, if we get there, you know, we should, you know, that I think that's, you know, it's in our own hands. But um, yeah, it looks like it, it could be. So yeah, you you'll be looking forward to that. We haven't beaten Galway, you know, we've never beaten them. So uh, one for the purists. Know, it's, going to, it's going to be tough for us, obviously. Whoever we play, if we get there, mm. you know, we've a bit to do. You know, we 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 certainly have to get at least three points uh, in the four games. They're going to be tough games. Um, and, and if we get there, it will look like Galway, yeah. So it'll be, be a great night for you, Johnny. Will you be sworn? Well, insert Dan comment here. I just like I can see in the current just scoring. Uh, Where would that in, be? Would that be two legged or two legged? Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah. wouldn't be too much travel from most of the Limerick lads. To be fair, you know, <laughs> no, we could camp there overnight. Um, yeah. No, in fairness, though, Tommy, I think uh, I think we we we're finally giving you a bit of credit on the show. Not only uh, have you nearly banked your playoff place with a small budget, I think we can all agree. But you just you're just Derry City, two games away from playing in Europe next year. So uh, we. 
we congrats. What did what did uh, Gary Spain say? You're nine games away from playing your hope league group stages or something. <laughs> An absolute <laughs> legend of a man. Thanks a million for coming on, Tommy. So lads, thank Tom, you, Andy. Tommy. Cheers. Thanks very much to Tommy Barrett. Uh, yeah, simple task for them, Dan. Just go up to the brandy and win. <clears throat> yeah. Listen, I need to do a question before we bring in our, our two lads. But I it's gotta so- say, I don't know the answer to this. Well, that's good. Just, I must have had some lost le- years following the Leave Ireland, where just coming out of college, maybe started to live life a bit. So don't remember you that. You were basically drunk. Period. Or gambling. No, no. 2004? 2004. Tell me a single thing you did in 2004. I don't know. Like, t- can you tell me one thing you did that year? Got up. <laughs> <laughs> time to time. What was the question? Nothing. I don't know. The question is, when Waterford were last in the FEI Cup final, who was their manager? Mm. So there we go. Now, of course, they are trying to get back to the FEI Cup final again. Simple matter of Standing in their way is Shells and Luke Byrne and Sean Boyd who are in studio with us. Good day, lads. How's it going? All right. Sunday was a good day. Was it? Ah, it was a great day, yeah. Uh, it was our biggest game of the season and it was probably our best performance of the season. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to the semi-final, but we have a few big league games before that. Which of you lads do you say would be disliked more by Bose fans? Jack Moylan's not here either, by the way. So. I don't think, I wouldn't be disliked. I know he did a <laughs> celebration. He's after Sunday. But like they probably, I mean, <laughs> Luke, you've, you've had your issues. Luke. Luke, you've had yeah. your issues. I mean, Boyd, you've had your issues. Were you the pig's head or? No, no, no that wasn't you. He was the, that the, was Tony Grant, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, small difference there. I'm going to say Luke is yeah. more disliked by them. That's mm. fair enough. Lukey, you're going to go with that? Yeah, I can't argue with it. Mm. Yeah, still feel it. Mm-hmm. Did you? Did you? Could you pick up on the, we we spoke about earlier? Could you pick up on the anger from the Bose fans? At the I mean, you were obviously doing your own thing, doing your little celebration, but I mean, it was it's pretty toxic there end of the pitch. I don't know if you sort of sensed that. Um, I've seen the video since, but I didn't see it at the time. Um, like you said, we were concentrated on our fans, but uh, defending that end in the second half, I heard a few things when you know maybe there was a corner, or a goal kick, and you were a bit closer to the fans. You could hear. Um, you know, a bit of disgruntlement coming out of there, and um, yeah, it's not really our concern, though, was it? No, no. no. It's, a mad, it's a mad game, wasn't it? Though, like where you had, I know there's things to play for for the rest of the season, but still, there was a sense of there was a lot on the line. It was just at a quarter final stage of the competition. It was an unusually big game. I felt. I mean, could you feel that as a group before? Like this is the rest of our year here. Yeah, hundred um, <clears> percent. <throat> look, we we put ourselves in a position a few weeks ago where fourth was still attainable. Um, then we went on a run of a few games without a win. Pat's put together a few wins and then naturally the cup takes on greater importance. And uh, just with it being bows and the the way the games have gone against them this year, it felt really big. And I think even just the fact, you know, it was on the Sunday, the sun was shining and um, it all just added to the occasion. And uh, we didn't shy away from the, you know, the significance of it. We knew... Um, a lot hinged on that game and getting through and look thankfully you know we were convincing winners did you expect Bose to be as septic as they apparently were I wasn't at the game but everyone says it was a terrible performance by Bose or was it the shells were good Boy, um, yeah I'll come in um, <laughs> now I thought uh, I don't know it was just the way the game went I thought we started off very well and what was it like before you scored we were the better team. Mm. Yeah, they we were. were the better team. But we could have scored after about three minutes. Yeah. Mm. From the start of the game, you did look to be. Do you know where you can watch a game and you see a team is at it? You know, people say it. And like people around me, because I was around actually a lot of Bose fans, undercover Bose fans in the mm. one end of the, the main stand. 
But after 10, 15 minutes, there was a sense of, mm. Shell, you were, you were on it from the start. Yeah, yeah. is that and a duffer and joy thing or was it like you didn't need to lift yourselves for this? No, I think the players, we knew it was a huge game and we didn't really need any extra motivation. Um, the manager did in the end of uh, motivating us in the pre-match meeting and stuff, but we probably didn't need it. We were at it from the start. And it put, the week before we were probably the same against Sligo but we didn't take the chances so mm. the game kind of then naturally just changed and Sligo got more into it they scored so it was um, yeah well, I thought we started well and we scored early uh, uh, yeah I, like looking at the Milan goal like I just it's appallingly bad defending but getting back to the Duffer thing um, is he a manager that's I think we often spoke about Stephen Kenny during that 2016 campaign where he would like be hyper before a, a league game against Longford and then away to Zenit or something like that. He'd have very little to say. Does was that a different day? I mean, before the game where he's like, okay, I, I can really get them going here, or is he like that every week? I just I thought Jack Scott was a brilliant goal. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you got to defend better than that. Like. Yeah, but he's, yeah. Th- to be fair, Tyreek I think slipped. Answer this. Answer the second question. What about the, the, no, he's, the he's, he's defending. He's yeah. defending yeah. his position. Like Tyreek, his brother was playing, of course, as well. Yeah, yeah. Jo done brilliant for the goal as well. But yeah. um, the manager, he, he seems to be the same for every game. Really, it doesn't really change much. There's no difference. Why um, did he feel he needed to motivate you? you just no, get the extra. Just, get the he, extra. He year. does that for other games mm-hmm. as well. There's other there's other stuff he does, but um, no, he wasn't any different really. Lukey? No, he's a very emotive man. He's mm. um emotional guy and uh he treats every game the same, you know, whether it's uh you know, a, a league game on a Monday night up in U C D or the Cup game on Sunday, he treats it the exact same because that's what he expects from us to apply ourselves the same no matter who we're playing. That's Joey like then. Joey's uh <laughs> very similar, you know, he's like one You're, the you're most smiling there, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Joey's great. Brilliant, yes. He's the exact same. The manager and him are on the same hymn sheet, so they know what they have to do and they try to get the best out of us for every game. They've been absolutely brilliant this year. He loves you. Uh, he was, he say he actually does say, I love the man. But like your, what, What's your bookings to goals ratio at the moment? I don't know. Yeah. Well, You're getting really there. Yeah. Well, come here, I do, but the booking is not great. But what was the booking? Joe, Joe, you know, he was uh, he was meant to be at our live show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, in the crowd. Got him a freebie. Got free, and I looked, I looked out in the night. I was like, there was no sign of Sean Boyd. I was thinking, you know what's happened? He's got booked at a couple of gigs the previous couple of weeks, <laughs> and he's actually suspended from this place. Yeah. This is what's happened here. I was like, where, where is the? He lad? didn't even apologize. I got you in free to the soccer writers gig one time, and like got you, got you chatting to Stephen Kenny about a future Ireland career, if I remember rightly. And wasn't, he wasn't going to know. How's that? Well, how's 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 well, he, he was there a couple of weeks ago, Sean. I mean, just saying. Neil Farouja has been mentioned. You didn't even turn up for the gig. I know. I don't know what happened. Um, That's sure for that. I can't remember. It there was, was, there was, was a there was a reason, but um, probably out with the shells, lads. Yeah, you know. yeah. You, you, you do go out a lot. Like I follow following your Instagram. Duffer seems to dance lags me where I'm like, oh, League of Ireland is very professional now. They don't even. Well, you obviously do anyway. You're always out. Yeah. Oh, always out. We yeah. do enjoy ourselves bother? when the time's right. I think mm. close knit group. So. Mm. You know, I'd say a lot of players in the league are going out, but we just do it together. You know, mm. people might go off with their friends from home, but we just seem to spend a lot of time together. We good, uh, good bond within within the team, probably. That matters a lot, Lukey, doesn't it? Yeah, hugely. Uh, I've been part of teams where it wasn't really there. I think um, during COVID, it was quite difficult to build that between players. Um, you know, even down to like the day to day stuff, you had to be in and out of training ground really quickly, in and out of cars and stuff. But now, you know, with the full-time environment, we're together a lot. You know, we eat together. We're in early before training. There's, 
you know gym sessions things on the weekend like you know we go to the recovery rooms all that kind of thing mm. and jacuzzis uh, your head is <laughs> hot jacuzzis cold jacuzzis <laughs> saunas and recovery rooms comments about jacuzzis we'll, we'll get to them in the, the, yeah. the, the just to point out the we have a special boyd and burn mailbag to come later on they're two good looking lads they're both single they like the jacuzzi together I mean there are a lot of rumours going out there can you dispel them or Boyd doesn't know what me and Luke have a special relationship that's all I'll say that's lovely Um you didn't really dispel them there, actually. What are we talking about again? The team bonding, actually. Yeah. yeah. Good good relationship <laughs> among... And Duffer obviously lets you, lets you enjoy yourself at the right time. 100%. Yeah, mm. yeah. He trusts us that when the time is right, we can, you know, socialise together as long as we're we're training hard, you know, when mm. we're back in. And um, we've never abused that trust. And like Boydie said, the lads all get along so well. And I think you can see that in how we play for each other. Sorry, Dan, it's the most enjoyable time of your career. Like, I know you've played at a higher level, for want of a better word. Um, Boydy, obviously, the injuries you've had, you must be delighted. But is it is it yours, Luke? Is it the most enjoyable time for you? Ah, oh, without question, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's the most enjoyable time of my career. Um, yeah, no more to add, really, without, without a doubt. Boydy? million percent. Mm. Yeah. What about for you? Because um, previously we like, we would have worked together over a long period of time on a piece when you were injured. When you were effectively out of the game for mm. what, like eighteen months or mm. sort of something like that. And I was thinking about that the other day when you were sort of wheeling away after the second goal. It was like it must be sweeter. And like in fairness, Luke, you probably you shared a bit of that journey with him too because you're you actually are good friends prior to playing together at Shells. That I don't know. It must mean more in some ways that you're you're out there doing it now. Yeah, it was probably two years ago I didn't know where I was going to be, who I was going to be playing for. I was only thinking the other day, like, there was times that where, like, people were ringing me up, Lancer Senior Clubs were ringing me, and I was like, you know, it's just two years ago I probably didn't imagine that I'd be playing for such a big club and doing so well and playing under Damien Duff and Joey O'Brien and scoring goals in the Dublin Derby quarterfinal. You know, I have 11 goals this year. It's probably the best return I've had in uh, my career. 11 goals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. League and Cup, um, so um, now it's been great, and yeah, I probably can't really believe it. Even coming to Shells this year probably has gone better than I thought it would have, um, but you know, I'm not complaining. Luke, can you believe it? Yeah, I can't believe it because I was at Rovers when Sean was like 17 and he broke in <coughs> and scored you know, seven, eight goals as a kid. Was a big reason why we qualified for Europe that season. Didn't he score against Bowes? I seem to recall. Cracker, yeah. That's, yeah, the, that's, the, that's part of the reason why he's yeah. Does seem a long time ago yeah. now. Actually, funny enough. Mm. So, like, I always knew the talent was there, and obviously, you know, physically, you look at him. There's, there's no one like him in the country. Six foot five, aggressive. Um, you know, can move, can jump, use his body. Um, he's a very difficult player to play against. But naturally, when he got those injuries, there was a question mark over how he would come back and. Um, with the help of a lot of people, I think he's, you know, got back to the level he, he kind of threatened to get to a few years ago. And and the important thing for Sean is he stays fit, and you know he he knows that there's a lot more in him. I think he should have more goals this season, and there's mm. there's another gear in him definitely. I just Damien Duff's comments at the weekend about about Sean Boyd. He's a handful League of Ireland centre forward. Full stop. I think he probably rubs people up the wrong way with the amount of bookings and reds he gets. He rubs me up the wrong way. <laughs> Sean absolutely knows I have to be on him twenty four seven because complimenting him, you guys telling him how good he is. I won't see Sean Boyd for two weeks. <laughs> I, I guess that's management, isn't it? And then he adds because there was a substantial hole left in yeah. the the dugout at Talca Park last week mm. where I believe 
You may have responded in a bad way to being substituted. Let, no. let, me, let, me, give ah. du- let me give Duff's version of events yeah, and then you can come in on your own. I don't know what was wrong with him. Maybe he's afraid to tell me. We laugh about it now, now but he knows he'll be paying for it. I know I'll be paying for it, yeah. And I'm completely in the wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Um, but I wasn't annoyed that the manager took me off. I was annoyed at how the game had gone. The goals we conceded, it was just very frustrating for me. Mm. Nothing got to do with the manager taking me off. Um, but... Then again, I shouldn't be at bursting out in um, that way. Punching dugouts. I didn't. Now the dugout went through. I didn't actually expect it to go through. It was like didn't know your flimsy, own strength. Flimsy plastic. So I just thought it was going to bounce back, but I realised my hand was through. And oh, you punched hand, it. I punched. I thought you kicked it. Right? When the hand goes through, it, you're like, oh, oh geez, yeah, I've met, a, I've met a scene here. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, it wasn't good. I think um, there was a kid behind the dugout tanked you, did he? He said there was a good view of the game. Yeah, and he was putting his head through <laughs> the game. And I was <laughs> <laughs> it was like an Into the West where there was a hole in the in the, in the flats in Valley One or whatever. The kid was saying, this is, way, view, this is a great view, this is a great view. Actually, on the Boyd story, how good could you be? Where are you at percentage-wise compared to how good you could be if you really reach your peak as a player? Um, I agree with Luke. I still think that's probably... Uh, I go a bit more in me, um, in a lot of ter- in a lot of terms, um, in terms of goals and performances. I actually don't think I played that well on Sunday, but I scored twice, so it's probably a funny feeling. Um, but just things I can tidy up on and really nail and probably perfect. Um, are so you six five as well? Are you? I think six four and a half. Yeah, that wouldn't put you down as one of the tallest outfielders. Does not many? Does not many of? The, but I was t- I was I met Owen Harry at the game the other day. And uh, he was talking about actually how you know you rub people up the wrong way too. Like you can see why you'd annoy opponents, but we were just saying. I think he's a lovely lad. Well, I mean, I think yeah. he's a I think he's a great lad. But I mean, yeah. on the pitch, I mean, have you seen his this? You know, he's got a wouldn't few, be great. He gets in a few gets in a few scraps, but yeah. there's not many that old school number nines around. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, and when you think about growing up, going to games, if you remember 2004 or beyond, like probably every club then mm. might have had one of those in their locker if you know what I mean and now I don't know you're a defender you're playing against do you play against anyone like him no you know no. anywhere in the league no um, there's a lot of different types of strikers um, but there's nothing like him no who's the toughest to deal with at the moment um, Boydy right Boydy you don't actually mark him he does training. in training we have yeah, some knocks in training what are your trains like then Pre-season, I was only yeah. talking about the other day. I was talking about how Did you hard get booked? pre-season, <laughs> um, <laughs> how hard pre-season was. We we were done. The manager had us doing duels, so we had um, basically a normal game, except you can only tackle the person you're par- paired up against. So me and Luke were together, and it was probably the first couple of weeks we were in, and we battered each other, like took lumps off each other. And I think the lads probably look were looking around, and thinking, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> But so, so and, and it wasn't an act; it was legit. Like, I mean, ah, you're, you're mates, but you were properly killing each other. If you can't tackle yeah. anyone else, like, you might as well give your all here. Like, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah. And the man's are, like, we we're running each other opposite ways, and then the ball came close to each other. It was like, all bets were off. Mm. I could tell, like, we're we're winding you up a bit here, going on about the book. I hate it. Thing. I hate do you, it. Like, do you, do you, there's something that actually winds you up, even yeah. though going on about it. Yeah, yeah it frustrates me. It's annoying. It's, um, it's obviously my own doing. I've come away from games with stupid yellow cards that I shouldn't get and I've had two two red cards in my career and both of them have been probably the last year um, but yeah, I hate that it's a thing I don't really? want to be yeah. Yeah, you, you, it wasn't, didn't you get booked in Daily Mount when you were on 
kind of coming on the pitch and coaching. Mm. So like you can obviously there's deal some with of them. It. Some yeah. of them I've looked. I went back and looked at them all, and the majority of them are ridiculous. But I don't know. I just, I just myself need to find a way to deal with um deal with things better. Probably on the pitch, overreacting mm. maybe because a lot of them aren't like none of them are really for tackles or mm. or fighting uh, or like not fighting but getting involved with the players. Some of them are just ridiculous. So. It it doesn't uh, sports psychology. You, you fear it sort of becomes a reputation yeah, thing, and so much which can't. You like, know, Duffer himself got booked the other day after that sort of uh, skirmish where I think he was actually the peace picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he got, a, he got he, it. Was actually it was a classic boy who cried wolf sort of thing. Like he listen, he can be pretty intense in the sidelines, but this was one where he did absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing, else, nothing calming it down, making yeah. sure there was nothing spilling out over. Yeah, it's yeah. a fu- it's a funny one. Like you know yeah. how you can end up a marked man. So I, I, under, I can tell he's sort of getting annoyed. How many bookings have you here. gotten this season, actually? Five maybe. Alright. But you know the way they reset after eighteen games, mm. I think I got to three. So yeah, and then it you, reset. You were never suspended. No. Mm. Mm. Thankfully yeah. they have that rule now where they reset it, which yeah. was a scandal a couple of years back. What what's the um progression of Shell's been? I think the last time I saw you was against Dundalk, the nil all in the league. How have you progressed as the season has gone on? A few new players coming in as well. Yeah, I think we've improved a lot to be honest. Um they you know, there's a lot of young players there, the likes of Malloy, McManus, Moylan, Ledwidge, Jadikiki, who it's like their first year. Kiki is a good prospect, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. he's a smashing player. Yeah. But it's their first year in the Premier Division, so um, like you can't underestimate um, how much this season will do for them, and they're all going to mature and gain experience together. And I think you know going forward, the squad is in a great place. Uh, mm. The age profile is quite young, um, which helps. I think. You know, those young lads come in together, makes them more comfortable. And they're all kind of experiencing things for the first time. And then you've got a few lads like, you know, Griff, Clarkey, Boydie, myself. Connor Kane has been You know, so there's a good blend. And How is Connor actually? Yeah, he's doing very well. He was at the game the other day. Uh, he's still on crutches, but the operation was a success. And mm. um, he's such a naturally fit uh, fella. I think that there's, you know, there's no concerns about him coming back. It's just... Um, really, really unfortunate from. I think he was the outstanding left back in the in the league. Um, maybe if you count Andy Lyons as a right back, um, Connor. I think for me was you know he's he's been outstanding this season, and it's just a pity. Uh, you know what happened? It was quite distressing for everybody mm. um, uh, when, when it happened in Dundalk and couldn't. You know, happened to a nicer fellow, unfortunately, but that, that's that's football. Is, the, the, yeah, it was, it was hard to watch, actually. The, just, just the whole talk of park thing. I know Shells have lost some supporters in recent years, in recent months, and that's been on display, but there seems to be a special... Um, <laughs> I mean, at the Marapacato gig afterwards, Shells fans are in a very good place. Talca Park must be just buzzing, like, at the moment. Yeah, it is. It's great, and we feed off that. You know, mm. we can feel it. And there's a lot of people involved in the club who have, you know, relationships with the players. We've got to know people. Um, we just, you know, probably the first time in my career I've really experienced that where there's like a real freedom between, you know, the, the players and, you know, other people involved in, in the kind of business side of the club. And it just helps you. How uh, do you mean by that, actually? You know, there's people like, you know, the media team and um, even like, you know, the likes of David O'Connor, Keith McDarby, who work in the office, who... The players are very comfortable around, uh, would see them quite regularly. Um, and I think meeting those people and, and, you know, fans as an extension of that helps you, like, understand um, how much the place means to all these people and how lucky you are to play for the club. And mm. um, I think there's the club is, you know, on the crest of a wave at the moment. There's a lot of good things going on. 
um, behind the scenes on the pitch, you know, men's, women's academy. And long may it last, really, it's a great place to be as a player. Are you doing any coaching now, actually? No, uh, I was um, up until the end of last season um, with the manager. He was obviously the under 17s mm. coach, and I was his assistant. Um, but it, with the club going full time and you know keeping my day job, it's just it would have been too much. What's your yeah. day job? Uh, I work for a company called the Baby Academy. Um, one of the founders is on the board of the football club, Ryan McGovern, and um, they employed me in July 2020. And I've been there ever since, and I love it. And they're very accommodating to um, my football schedule, which is very rare. And uh, mm. I really, really enjoy it. Most of the office now are Shells fans. There was like a few of them there the other day at the game. You know, one of them, David Harris, I'm sure you've listened to this. He goes home and away, and he wouldn't have supported Shells before, you know, oh, we wow. started working. What, what is the Baby Academy? Just the people so, hear this and go, what, what, <laughs> sorry, what, what's going on here? Is he training children, like training really young kids? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> We uh, provide education for first-time expecting parents um, okay. around the world uh, through live online interactive classes. That's quite clever. Yeah, it's, mm. it is, yeah. It's, um, and it's going really well. We're in... Um, presume, you, presume you're not giving the classes, are you? No, which is what everybody <laughs> thinks when I say um, Yeah, you know, part of the job is like training instructors when they come on board. So um, I'm, you know, pretty confident I could deliver a breastfeeding class now or a baby safety class, but... Uh, <laughs> Right it's, now, if you want, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a great job. I really, Stick with us really in enjoy. Well, yeah. you're in Penny's, uh, Penny's head office. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, my dad walked there. He spoke there for the last probably five or six years, and it came up this year. He asked me if I had, or I, I think his boss was looking for someone with a flexible schedule who could um, maybe walk around. I don't know, but my dad asked me, and I went in, and mm. it's been brilliant. Yeah, the same. Very accommodating, um, and like in it, the football comes for, so it's mm, um, that's great. It's yeah. fixed there, because there's a big debate. Oh, we had on the show about full time and where things go. So, I find this quite uh, interesting mm. that, like, at Shells, you have when I mean, you are training in the mornings, you're doing a full schedule, but quite a few of you have other stuff going on around it. Like, is that sort of common enough in the dressing room? Or yeah. or not? Like I don't know. You tell uh, me. There's a couple. There's a couple. Not too many then. Maybe. No. Yeah. Maybe five or six. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Probably. You know. I would work the most. Everyone else is kind of part time. Um. But what's your thought on that, though? Because like, from my perspective, is is there a benefit in doing something else? Like just training, playing, training, playing. Have a lot of spare time. Is there a benefit in the evening or in the morning doing something entirely different to take your mind off it? Yeah, I think there is. Um, obviously, that's always going to be down to the individual. Um, mm. I think where you have to be careful is if what you're doing outside football impacts your game, you know, impacts how you can train, recover, prepare. That's where, you know, if if you're a footballer, you have to be able to draw the line. Um, was it any hindrance to you at, at all to be coaching as well as, as training at the same time? It was, yeah. It, it was. was, yeah. Um, I feel this year, um, you know, I probably am that much fitter, but I've more energy. Um, I can spend, you know, whereas last year, three nights a week for two hours, I was on the pitch, you know, I was setting up, collecting gear, driving there, driving home, whereas now I can be in the recovery rooms, I can be at home doing some sort of recovery or just putting the feet up resting. So that's, um, you know, a big difference that I found. And, uh, 
it's why I wouldn't be in a rush to go back coaching. That's not Brian. What's Brian Gartland's um, business? He's it's the recovery room. Yeah, we that, go to. That's, that's, yeah. oh, no, we go to Dean yeah. Kelly's. Okay. Yeah. Dean Kelly also ex LOI. Yeah. yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. No, Brian Gartland has a few few things going on. To be fair, just tell me this. I mean, uh, I know there's a classic obsession around uh, Damien Duff when we talk about shells, but. I am conscious you worked with him very closely. You knew him better than most coming in. Has it been as you expected? Like you, you'd worked with him as a manager of an underage team. Luke, like, is this is this sort of what you as it panned out as you expected it to be in terms of his personality around the place with it with a men's dressing room? Yeah, it's exactly how um, I would have predicted it because I know um, that you know the way he applied himself to the underage teams was exactly who he was. You know. Um, he gave those kids absolutely everything. And I knew he wouldn't change coming into a first-team environment. Um, I knew he was holding nothing back when he was the 17th manager at Shales or the 15th manager at Rovers. He literally committed his life to the job. Um, and it's the exact same now. He's like the hardest working person I've met in my whole life in really? any industry. Um, and I think as players, we realise that. Um He's incredibly, uh, he's got incredible like social awareness. He's really, really good at uh, creating bonds with players, different individuals. And I've seen that with, you know, whether it's a 16-year-old kid or a 30-year-old senior player. Um, he can strike up a connection and he knows what motivates people. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's gone exactly as I thought it would, to be honest. You say the hardest working, can you give me an example to bring home that point, like the, the hardest working person you've met in any industry? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I suppose I would have seen it, um, particularly, you know, when I was coaching with him, I thought that coaching was, you know, you plan a session, you turn up a bit early, you, you, you set the pitch up, put on the session, you go home, you might talk to your coaches about what you do the next day, mm. but, like, even at, like, under-17 level, there was, you know, he was doing video analysis, he was recording training sessions, every minute of that training session had a purpose behind it because it was um, going to, you know, be part of a plan for how we would play that week. Um, and it's just the, the detail, I think, with them is what marks them out from other people. It's the small, small details. And even now, like, I'm sure Bodie would back me up. You, you could get a WhatsApp WhatsApp message um, off him at 11 o'clock at night with a clip of a game, and it just shows that he doesn't stop. He's constantly working, constantly trying to better himself, better us as individuals and as a team. And... You have to replicate that, and you have to give that back to him because that's what you're getting from him. So, what did you make of all the people who were saying that oh, he'll he'll jack it in after like three months, and you know he'll be off? Well, I kind of knew it was going to come because you know he um, left Celtic and he left Ireland, but like as he's explained, he had very valid reasons. Um, you know, like he gave his life to Shamrock Rovers under 15s. No underage coach in this country has ever given what he gave to those kids in any sport. That's really I'm sure yeah. of that. Goes to Celtic because he was given an amazing opportunity, and um, you know gave his life to it over there. You know he was he was commuting back and forward, missing his family. Um, then he left Celtic. Um, I think he's gone on record as saying because you know he wanted to move home, be with his kids. Amazing opportunity and came up with Stephen Kenny in the FAI, and then he left there for his own reasons. And um, then you know he jumped into Shell Seventeens, gave them everything, and now he's given it to us. And he's as you know, committed and as loyal as anyone you're going to meet. So I knew that people would say that, um, but I don't think he was bothered by it. And I just knew that, like, the only way, really, 
he could dispel those kind of thoughts or myths would just be over time. He would just show his commitment to shells and that's what he's doing. You were talking about clips and, and all of that, Sean. And by the way, we haven't mentioned Sean. Did you mention his new contract? That he is actually signed up for I mentioned it at the start. You did mention maybe not with Sean. What, what, what does it take to, you to... And the next season, isn't it? Next year. Yeah. The next season. But he, oh. he made a little Hallen video for you. Yeah. He was showing you earning Hallen movements. Well, just, just do what he does. Luke, yeah. <laughs> Luke would um, back us up here. He brings up Hallen nearly every single day. Um, Haaland and De Bruyne he's always mentioned them obviously you know yeah they're obviously world class players but there's things you can pick up from both of them Haaland he was talk about his movement and he done a video sent it on to me and um, yeah it's probably 10-15 um, minutes long of just um, clips of Haaland and explaining what he's doing and why he's doing it it's um, unbelievable and I the manager said I'd watch it daily I'd watch it like yeah once a week it, it'll go on and I'll just have a look at it and try to pick up as much things as possible. Now, when I'm watching football at home, I, I, I watch nearly every Premier League game. Um, and Haaland is the one I look out for. And it's, um, I don't look out for, um, you know, I don't know, I, I watch him. Because he, he's drilling that home. And is that a video he's made himself that he sent yeah. to you? He's, he's clipped it himself mm, and picked yeah. out little, little yeah. specific movements. Yeah. I don't want to go into too tactical, but it's specific things. Mm. Related to you, yeah. yeah. About his movement and why he does it and how it affects defenders and other people. It's Has Duffer ever seen anything like this before? Like, cause it just seems this lad is just... I mean, and can you actually learn from a player that good? Yeah, of course you can. Mm. It's little movements he does. He, he, it's not the stuff that um, the manager is not going to show him running the pitch or, mm. like, you know, doing stuff. It's relative, thing, yeah, relative things to what I can actually do. And... It's um yeah it's great to pick them. on that point like do you over the course of your career do you, has this been a new thing where you look at players to think how can I improve or how do you improve yourself in the box like things like that I think you always probably do it even like as you're a kid you want to play like mm. players you want like you're kicking a ball in the green you probably want to play like certain players who are who are in at the time but not to this extent probably the manager has mm. really kind of nailed it home that's fascinating yeah I mean I I know it's very. It's awkward to be talking about your own manager, right, on a, on a podcast. And, and But I, I, like his quotes there that I read out to you before, like it does suggest he, he, he gets on to you a bit. Like, mm. you know, is that sort of the dynamic of, of your relationship that he, he feels the need to sort of do that? You, you need to respond to that. Yeah, um, yeah he does. No, but come here, he's well within his rights. It's, that's just how he feels. And it's probably spot on. Him and Joey do. Um, and Quilla. Yeah, and Quinn, and Alan Quinn Alan as well. Is, Jesus, yeah, I couldn't even say what he'd just be saying to me half the time. And that's what you, but do you? I mean, it probably annoys you at times, right? Like, um, but that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, a little like, bit. Come here, I'm and me. Yeah, Luke does get it as well, but or he no, just give it you to get me. it off me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm emotional, so I, you know, some things do annoy me and frustrate me. But I know what the manager and Joey or Luke when they're saying things to me, it's coming from a place where they're trying to help me or they're trying to have me at the best as it's I can. It's a compliment be. in a way that yeah. they, they, they think well, you're worth the giving the time to. if the manager wasn't talking to me, I would be like, okay, he doesn't care about me. So, he's, mm. you know, he talks to me all the time. He gives out to me, so he must care. The, yeah. um, what about the, the, the Biden burn mailbag? Can we go to the yeah, Biden burn just, mailbag? Just before, before that, that, Johnny. I just want to mention... Um, Craig Spear, uh, who obviously oh, did yeah. the doc. I just, it, I just, it just, it's funny the way life works. Where I, Dan, Dan plays more Astro than I do now, but I remember once, like we were stuck for a player, so I just said I'll try Twitter. Craig Spear 
uh, replies, ends sure. up playing the game, playing the game for ages, very good player, and did the documentary on you as that, you know, PFAI thing. Was it in Rochdale or? Yeah, Rochdale. How low was that at, at the worst point? Like, I mean, not that day, but the, the recovery, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, again, what am I going to do here? Yeah, it was. It was hard. It was very hard. Lucas, been through probably mm. different circumstances, you know, I was without a club and whatever but you know you kind of just have to maybe dig deep and try to use other people if you're having bad days i would have bounced off luke nearly every day send them videos um same with joey um and then thankfully um sean mcgrovers allowed me to go in and um train and do rehab with them so that was a good gesture as well to yeah be it was fair. brilliant you know and yeah I, i'm so grateful that the manager of the of rovers let me do that Stephen Bradley. Um, it really helped, so um, I'm probably just a bit lucky. I'd like to say I contributed as well by bringing you for free um, to the SWAI Awards, and it was nice that you reciprocated at our live gig. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. He doesn't even know what his excuse was. I think Dan might have coerced me into, into, into bringing you along. You have a free ticket, bring bring Boydie. I was like, ah. Uh, well, I'll do soccer writers, yeah. This is different time in his life now. Yeah, he's too big for us now. Yeah, this is it. He doesn't even remember his excuse for not coming. Like, he hasn't even come up with one. And I wouldn't Get on to us looking for a ticket as yeah. well. That was the thing. Yeah. 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 Um, ben Carpenter. <laughs> let's go to the mailbag. Oh no. Do the two lads put down their excellent performances this season to the jacuzzi sessions in St Margaret's Avenue? And if so, any chance they can pick up the electricity bill? You know, we've had a few comments about this as well. Um, the surname Carpenter does appear to pop up. Uh, will the neighbours on Margaret's Avenue get free tickets for the well, he says cup <laughs> final? You got to get to the cup final after having to put up with Big those summer, summer weekend training sessions. Um, yeah, we had a great, um, great few months in for the summer. I don't know what else. Sean, are you answering this like no, a footballer? I don't, I don't <laughs> it's a question. About it's a question. It's a, it's a no, question. I'm not going to pay it. It's, 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 it's a question Thanks, about a jacuzzi and electricity, but and you're answering it like discussing an away, an away trip to Finn Harps or something. Yeah. I would put our performances down to the jacuzzi. The jacuzzi. And what is the story with the jacuzzi? To be clear, well, we got it in. We moved in together, me and Luke, for a few months, and we got an uh, outdoor jacuzzi out the back with a friend, Michael Scott, and he. Um, so you got it out in the gaff. Yeah, we put it out the back for a recovery. Like rented it or? No, it was. We bought it. It was like you know the ones you can get in little or. So I think it was 300 euro or something what? Mikey, Mikey paid for it That's a great idea Yeah it was great So we had it in And we Tom were using recovery, it recovery Johnny Yeah Throwing ice <laughs> in at the back And you know That's a great like Bit noisy for the neighbours though Was it It that was actually noisy the, the pump or whatever It was like It was noisy It was the pump And, and yeah. who paid the bill The electricity bill To be clear Carbo It's fairly busy on the old electric Is it I don't know. We you, didn't you see the bill. How was the lads, Shane Kennedy? How was the lads' trip to Ibiza in the summer? It must have been in for a serious waking call when the big man came to town. Not sure which one that is. The big man must have been tensing the whole trip beside the skip. Boy, they had to go in for a hernia. But he got home, just tensed so much. Well, come here. Have you seen him with his top off? Well, well, yeah. yeah I mean, like there's, a, again, there's a team here. Like you're yeah, just you love like the Instagram. This. Nah, nah. Yeah, it's not reflecting my illness. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Kevin, uh, does does uh, does Sean Boyd still play Fair Flower of Scotland in the dressing room before the game? I forgot about that. Is funny that gone from Finn Harps or is oh, that funny? I tell you what, we've obviously signed Matty Smith. Yeah. So on Sunday, I said I was just so I did do the music in the dressing room again, and um, 
I looked, Matty was sitting to my left and he was whistling Flower Scotland on Thursday, I think, in training in the gym, he was whistling it. So I looked at him and I said, you know what, I'm going to put it on, put it on, Matty Smith. Um, and we won, so I think I'll go back on, yeah, maybe. Happy day, mind you, there's a, mind you, there's a lot of Scots in the yeah. Bowes dressing room yeah. just thinking, so you could have got them going if you played a little too loud. Um, How good is Matty Smith, actually? He's been brilliant. Yeah. yeah, he's been... Um, People forget he was at Derry. It was like, this is a big move. Yeah, it was a bit Quickly whisked away. Um, and obviously, Duffer is a good judge of a player. Oh, no well, I think everyone um, yeah. in the league now, Matty was Ready a loved good him. player. Mm. Um, yeah. I just said, obviously, just didn't happen at Derry, but... We're delighted to have him. He's good been sign. he's been a good uh, boost for the dressing room, and obviously he's um, a good player. Will you, if, if, if you win the cup, this, if you win the cup, will you sing "Flower Scotland" on the loudspeaker in the Viva Stadium afterwards? It'll be a bit weird, but will you? Lukey's given it the if you win the cup. Yeah. I do, yeah, I do anything if you win the cup. You're Perfect. <laughs> I mean, Billy Brazel, I mean, it's a bit laddish, really. Who pulls more birds, <laughs> Lukey, Boydie, or Matty Smith? Matty I mean, Smith. None of them at the moment. It well, obviously, you can't talk for Matty. No, I can talk for Matty. He does well. Yeah. Mm. Must be that barn that he has. He's a, got a, he's a good looking bloke. And he's so are you. Well, what's your story? Like, you're a two year joke. Yeah. <laughs> I used to get a lot of this in my mid 20s. Why are you single? I mean, uh, probably going to League of Ireland. To be clear, he, he didn't, didn't do any of that. Uh, no. They didn't even uh, answer the question. I mean, I said Matty Smith. No, not the, the following. Anyway, follow up question. Yeah, we, we, that's we, the main theme of the, the male. Like, if you ever get married, like, you should. I, I want to go to the wedding because you owe me one of this things. <laughs> like, I'm not looking at the boy Lukey, whose dad is a hero of mine, actually, from his incident. His dad's a hero of mine as well. Paul Byrne. Musician. Oh, unbelievable. Musician. Dog. Yeah. That dog of his. Jesus. Yeah, psychic. Is that his name? No. no, no, no. <laughs> if you see Paul Burns, Paul Burns Instagram, that dog is phenomenal. He's, he's like the type of man who would name a dog a psychic. <laughs> he's a man who likes to talk football as well. He likes to talk football, um, music, fishing. He's a great guy. Yeah, great guy. My my uh, my hero. Just friend, I never actually met the man. Mm. Mm. So Waterford lads, I mean we are we are finishing up, but I mean it, it is. What about Rovers Thursday? For well, us? well, I mean we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, but I they mean, could be key. The, in the, 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 I mean it's a it's a challenge and draw that, isn't it? Waterford away, but I don't know. There's something. I feel like that's going to be a really cracking cup tie. Yeah. It's got something about it. I mean, you look at the crowd that was there at the weekend. I'd imagine it'll be similar. It's the four forty-five, so it'll be sort it's of funny get, as well, getting Dan, a bit the darker. RSC, even, even though it has a, yeah. a, um, a track around the pitch, it's a brilliant atmosphere. Getting a bit darker, yeah. yeah. So. I feel like that's just going to be a great occasion because you can imagine the Shells crowd will travel and fall and I don't know how do you feel about it as a tie? Yeah it's a difficult game um, I watched them against Pats in the you know was it the yeah, the round before it was the first round actually first yeah. round yeah yeah I uh, watched them against Dundalk um, and they've got a lot of good players um, there was a great atmosphere down there Friday it's going to be the same when we go down I'd imagine it's a full stadium and there's you know, there's so much on the line um, for both clubs. Uh, it's going to be a cracking occasion and um, we're under no illusions. We know it's a, it's a very difficult game. Mm. I mean, it's been a weird time for you really because I mean, that, that Pats game was called off. Like you had a mad run but very few games mm. yeah. which was actually most of the time in the season you like you spend no time like it's so relentless you don't get much time in the training ground but it's, you're going from sort of a, a famine to a feast now in some respects aren't you you've suddenly got a bit of a schedule coming up with Rovers on Thursday to, to kick it off so yeah, yeah. there was another game uh, rescheduled for another Monday was the, Pats, the, the, the famous Pats game <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah and then UCD because of the That's cup the UCD we still haven't got Damien Duff fully to give his views on that in the public domain yeah. I'm waiting I'm, I'm wondering when that's going to happen it's going to happen at some stage 
stage that we're not know. expecting. Here, here say we'll do now if you want. <laughs> um, yeah, Rovers on Thursday. It's obviously uh, yeah, it's a big game. Bit of a free hit for you, Boydy. Well, I don't know. It's just another league game, isn't well, it? Yeah, they've lost their last two more or less. You're hitting them on a on a good run of form. Yeah, we have to play them yeah. twice. We're playing them next week as well. Of course, yeah, you have to go there as well. Yeah. yeah, they're obviously a brilliant team. You know, they've um, proven over the last few years that they're. Very, very good team. So, what's Gaffney like actually? Uh, to Mark, yeah, he's good. Um, he's big and strong, plays off both feet, um, doesn't always occupy you as a centre half. Sometimes he drifts wide because I think he's got a, a very good all round game. Um, but that's all I'll be saying because I'm playing against him in a couple of days. Yeah, he has to be professional. This week's fixtures, Johnny, have we got the fixtures? When we have shells Starting against Sam McGovern. See, it's an international break. I mean, these <clears throat> there actually should be no games this week, but it's basically refixed games. So we've got the Sam McGovern shells game in Talca on Thursday. I Finn Harps and Bowes on Saturday. I have this idea that um, Rovers live League Monday. of Ireland games on TV should be either on Thursday night or Saturday night so all the other like fans aren't at games. And it'd be interesting, like, if you show this game Thursday, Shells, Rovers, what would be the TV figure? Because there's not much else on the third. Well, obviously there is now, but if you, maybe it's Saturday night. I, I might go along to that game. I think it'd be a cracker. And if Shells win, it gives Jerry, or even get a draw, it gives Jerry a real real bit of hope in the title race. Um, and the form, that, what are they, six wins on the bounce now? That's uh, 7.45, Saturday night, Longford v Treaty, and Sunday, Bray play Waterford in Division 1. Mm. So there we go. I think we're done, Johnny. Any other final thoughts you want to? Jerry's final thoughts. Um, no, it's been great. It's been great being back in the studio. We do. I, I know the experience of um, you know us being on Zoom and all that is not the same. But we were we were away, and it's been great to be back in the studio and to have the two lads in. And thanks to Tommy Barrett as well. Uh, brief word on them, Lukey. Like Tommy Barrett, no budget hardly at all, and they're into a cup semi final. Yeah, it's an amazing achievement, and they probably were our most difficult opponent last year when we were in the first division um, we drew with them a couple of times and then we, we just got over the line against them in the game that won us the league and to be honest they've a lot of players I wouldn't have been familiar with mm. probably before last year but um, you know I've heard Tommy Barrett on this podcast he speaks really well and um, players speak well of him and he's, he's doing a great job down there Last question for you Boydie what would it mean to play in an FBI Cup final this year for Shells? Yeah, come here, it would be great, obviously, but there's, like, there's a huge game coming up to get there. Um, like you said, Watford's going to be a, a very good, difficult place to go to, so we're not going to be jumping the gun at all. We're going to have to go there and hope for the best. I tipped them at 5-1 to one to beat Dundalk. Also tipped Cork and also tipped Rovers. At least I got one of them right. Um, didn't back it, though, Dan. Wasn't a major surprise. Watford are a good side. Good strikers, and we'll see how the boy Luke, he, th- he says Boydie's his toughest opponent. We'll see with these Watford lads, though. Uh, they might even be better. Two cracking semi-finals <laughs> ahead. And it, it's an interesting one, though. Get on, interesting. Get on to us on Twitter. What see, Sean Boyd is like, he's, he's annoyed by his reputation, right? But I think he wants to smack you, Johnny. Like, just, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, like, you can't. You, can't, you won't get away with it. That's the problem. Like, like, it's a patch of a pair with a yellow card or something. So, like, you can't actually the, do it. The most, the most profound, like, statements that I can remember in my life Sam Beckett where he's like fail fail again no matter fail fail again fail better like get booked better anyway get booked for a tough challenge like yeah, Luke's right not now. in there yeah. get booked for something better than like being on the pitch or did you get booked for the punch of the dugout 
No. You got away with that, actually. Yeah. Let's go to the disciplinary panel there. Thanks for coming in, lads. No problem. That was Thanks. in Oliver Marketing in association with Collar and Cuff. Uh, thanks to Decky for... Geez, I got somewhere out of that when you think about it. I mean, I only have it a week and I've worn it about 10 times. Yeah, I'm looking forward to wearing it again um, this week. Uh, probably a lot of jacuzzi promotions there as well, which were not actually... We, need, we, need, we need an official jacuzzi partner. <laughs> He's dressed for it today. Yeah. 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 People don't realise John, Johnny's got Jesus sandals on there. Um, yeah, I've been jacuzzi ready. Back, back on the bike. I actually... I will mention yeah. this. Johnny has already done a sort of a stars in their eyes outfit change because I was coming into Oliver Market and it was this cyclist in the middle of the road, flying around this, and I was like, I, just, yeah, hey, I wasn't you, flying. You, going to very slow. you were going pretty crap. And then I, I saw the velo, and I was like, I know my mate actually, my no. old housemate is the Velo Revolution dude. Three degrees of but, separation. But, but I was like, this is Johnny Ward, who like you are that cyclist. I was like, Johnny, I'm sorry, and you were actually in the wrong. You were veering into the middle of the road. Also, you were about to cause an issue, but then he's. I come. I see him five minutes later, and he's changed into this. And sort that brings of us on to my Christian Christian, Christian, Christian yeah. prayer group yeah. Uh, yeah. sort of clobber here. So jacuzzi yeah. ready. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I love a jacuzzi. Um, yeah, that that my He'd lack, wear a blazer in a too, my lack of fitness might have something to do with um, the Porterhouse Brewery, uh, who are obviously our sponsors as well, and have one of the finest uh, selections of brews in Ireland. And also, we were in association with Future Ticketing. <laughs> <laughs>